Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Prosper Project. Doing good is good for business. So today I want to talk to you about how you can use your business to make a positive impact in your community and in the world around you. The idea behind this comes from the fact that March is International B Corp Month. And B Corps are organizations that include entrepreneurs, companies, and nonprofits that meet the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency, and legal accountability. It's a certification that is given by the nonprofit B-Lab. My company, Prosper for Purpose, was certified for the first time in 2016. But the reality is you do not have to be certified to use your business as a force for good. So you may be wondering why I use that phrase. What does it really mean when I'm talking about a force for good? So the Dalai Lama is actually credited with coming up with that phrase. His vision that force for good was that it was action inspired by a general concern for others. The thought was that when you act out of compassion, whether it's for a group of people or for our planet Earth, that you plant the seeds that enable things to grow from where you started. So another way to think about this is my favorite reference, the ripple effect. You may be a solopreneur or a small business, but you can use your business to make lasting change that will also have a ripple effect. That ripple effect may come in terms of the people you impact who someday leave you to go work other places. It may be the impact that you leave on the planet. So there's lots of ways to go about that. When I left my last job and decided to start Prosper for Purpose, at the end of 2012, I really had a vision of taking the things that I loved from working with social justice advocacy and bringing that into my own business that could still take advantage of using some of the business best practices and philosophies. So I really was seeking to create a hybrid. And I was told by a couple of people who were with an organization that was near and dear to my heart that I was creating my own ripple effect by taking the things I had learned from my previous positions and putting them into my business. And that has stayed with me. Many of us are using our businesses to create an impact in the lives of others. But really, impact starts within our own businesses. So today, in honor of B Corp Month, and all the people who would like to do more good with their business, I am going to give you 
10 ways that you can take action to create impact through your business. And then I'm going to tell you how you can actually use that impact to grow your business. So being a force for good is another way of thinking about value exchange. So number one is starting with how we treat our employees. And so number one is, to me, paying a living wage to the people that you hire. So there's resources for a living wage, but in essence, it's pay people a salary or an hourly wage that they can potentially live on. If you're hiring interns or someone in a temporary position, you know, you can still take that into account, but clearly that there's going to be a little bit of adjustment there. But when you're hiring a full-time employee, they should be paid a wage that they can live on, right? The job is to help enable life. And so we want to acknowledge that before an employee walks in the front door by offering them a wage that is respectful of their skills and talent and ensures that they can make a living. The benefit to this is when you invest in your employees and you show them you care, and I'll talk about more ways to do that in a second, But the payback is your employees invest in you as well. So it not only is the compassionate thing to do, it's the good business practice to put into play here because turnover is very, very expensive for companies. So if you can get it right and onboard and treat your employees well, they're going to stay with you longer. So number two is to be flexible with schedules when you can. And I know that's not always possible in business, but if you can enable some flexibility, people really appreciate that. While there always needs to be some core time when you know your employees are available, you can do things like stagger work schedules or work days, or maybe someone you have on your team works 11 to seven instead of nine to five. Obviously, you have to take the business needs into account first, but then you can also look at what flexible offers you can make in scheduling that feel like a win-win. Providing flexible schedules is another way that helps you attract people who otherwise may not have even applied to work with you. Number three is giving people some paid time off or even time off without pay to go and volunteer. So say, for example, you're the parent of a young child and you want to volunteer at your children's school. Having time off from work, whether that's flex time, paid time to volunteer, or unpaid time to go and volunteer, people really appreciate that. At Prosper for Purpose, we offer our employees three full days paid to go volunteer wherever they want. Another company I was with instituted a policy where teams could go and choose a charity and volunteer together. They could deliver food to people, do a late cleanup. We've had people do a number of things, including walking dogs at the local APL. It's really about supporting their interests and enabling them to do good and to feel good about what you're offering to them. And then they come back to work and they feel more fulfilled. Number four is being able to look at the health and wellness 
that you have within your company and how you can support individual employees in their own health and wellness journeys. So every employer is not able to afford health insurance, but you can look at things from gift cards when to do yoga or time off or bring someone in to do a yoga over a lunchtime, time to exercise or virtual workout class together. Things like that, that really don't take a lot to bring together, but actually have a lot of impact on employee welfare and well-being. So some companies give stipends for gym memberships, and you can even just have healthy snacks when you're back in person, or if you have a company and you haven't been virtual, that's something that can go a long way as well. And for people who are virtual, sending healthy gift snacks to people who are on your team periodically to let them know that you're thinking about them and helping to make their work life and their work day a little bit more enjoyable. So number six is thinking of ways that you can give back to your community. And again, this could really overlap with number five. You can offer paid time off for your people to volunteer at a place that you choose and go with them. Or you yourself, even as a solopreneur, could volunteer for a day. Here in Cleveland, we have a book bank where they love to have teams come and sort books. And you can do other gatherings of information or donations to do a drive really even within your own office. So there's lots of ways that you can think about how you can give back to your local community. If you are and have been completely virtual, maybe you're a coach or consultant, you can think about giving scholarships for your services or programs. If you are a product company, you can think about who could you offer free products to? Is there a way that you can give back to the community and do a collection of some of your best products and donate them to a shelter? Another way to think about this is Tom's Shoes or Bomba Socks. They have the buy one, give one offer. So it's just really sitting down and ideating different ways that you could create impact through direct give back to your community, whether it's a geographical community where your business is based or whether it's the community of people that you are engaging with. Before I go on to number seven, let me say one more thing. Two easy approaches for this. One is to think about who your ideal or your average customer is and what is important to them. You can even do a little survey. What is important to you? What do you value? What nonprofit organizations do you give to or volunteer with? The other is to go to your employees and ask them what matters to them. So for example, if every member of your team has a cat or a dog, then maybe you want to do something with your local APL or the ASPCA or your local shelter. You can think about it in terms of that. Other employees may really care about the lake that they live on or the park system. And there's certainly a lot of opportunities to give back to those organizations. Okay, number seven is to consider your energy consumption. So everything we've done so far, everything that I've covered one through six is really 
related to some kind of social impact. And now we're talking about environmental impact. So as a solopreneur or a business, you can think about this. Do you use appliances that have energy efficiency seals? Do you make an effort to not waste energy? Do you limit turning on lights? Do you turn down your heater air conditioning to a comfortable level and then turn it down when you leave your office or building or even your home office as a way to conserve energy? And also thinking about not wanting to contribute to the waste of energy by taking steps to reduce your carbon footprint. So looking at how often and where you drive and how often you drive, is that really necessary? A lot of offices instituted semi or hybrid workspaces where you went into work a couple of days a week. And if you're the boss of a small office, you could certainly do that as a way to reduce the carbon footprint of your team. Number eight is to promote and practice sustainable consumption. So when Prosper for Purpose had an office, we never bought plastic. There's just a lot of, everybody seems to buy and still buy water bottles, but touting plastic water bottles for ease of use doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me when you can buy a water bottle that is refillable. So we try not to use any kind of plastic. Our employees, as well as our office, have pretty much banned plastic water bottles as an effort to be environmentally friendly. Also, way back in 2016, we seriously reduced our use of paper. We decided to be a virtually paper-free office. And I say virtually because we did and still do occasionally have to print out proposals either to be mailed or dropped off for potential clients. But we decided to have a goal of going virtually paperless. Think about how you can do that. Same thing at home. You know, if you have a home office, you can think about, okay, how much do we recycle every week? Can we increase that? How much waste do we have every week? Could we decrease that? And set up your own goals so that you can know that you are eliminating some waste where you work. What other things can you think of? Can you use more recyclable products when you go to pick up food or bring it home? Do you really need the plastic silverware? So thinking about consumption and waste on a day-to-day basis is just another level of consciousness and impact that you can create as a business. And you can really start scaling some serious impact by doing this. Once you start thinking about it, it's hard to stop because you start seeing everything like papers or plastic straws that are automatically given to people, although that has been drastically reduced. And every time I've been somewhere where they don't have straws, I'm very, very excited by that. So just taking those steps and being more aware is really, really helpful. Number nine is to think about your commitment to social justice in terms of 
justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And there's a lot of ways to do this. There's a lot of guidelines out there on DEI that have been put out by all kinds of different companies. BLEP has one that you can find at bcorporation.net. You can also look at the sustainable development goals and identify what you support. We support several of them and you can as well. You can think about taking a stand for gender parity. There's a group that's called We The Change that is at wethechange.net where you can sign a declaration for gender parity. Obviously, I am giving you things to consider and I want you to personally vet these and make sure they align with your own values and purpose. But by doing these things, you are really setting yourself apart and having an impact and being able to share that impact with your team and feel aligned and invested and really dedicated to something that goes beyond the profits you seek to make and the customers that you're serving. So there's one more step, and that is measuring and reporting your impact. And so as you think about how do I measure what I'm doing, how do I record this, and how do I share it, it becomes really important to be able to make this tangible. And if you want to just make it tangible to your team and share that impact, that's great. But it's also really great if you're serious and you're authentic and you're doing this along the way to share these results and this impact with your clients and your customers. So by setting goals in what you want to do, choosing those areas that you want to concentrate on, and then measuring what matters... You can record your efforts and how well you perform against the goals you set for yourself on a monthly, quarterly, or annual basis. So it's great to do good things, but if you don't measure them, you can't hold yourself accountable for your goals. And then you can share with others how you are doing that for yourself and inspire them to do the same. So A lot of companies the past couple of years have been kind of called out about not living their values. And so reporting on what you do rather than just jumping on a bandwagon and using common phrases that are going around at any given time saying that you care about certain things. I mean, it's a huge leap. It's a huge leap for you as a business. It will literally change the way you look at things on a day-to-day basis But it's also a huge leap for your clients and customers because you will start to attract the people who share your values. You can back up what you're saying. You can say things like, we're paying a living wage. We source our products locally from vendors that we verify. And in that way, you're backing up and there's a proof point on what you're saying about your brand. And your business and other businesses can benefit by what you are doing. We know that more and more customers are shopping with their values, and they're also more insightful in that they used to be more trusting with what brands said, and now they're looking for some verification. And so really 
by measuring and sharing the impact that you're creating, however you choose to do that, really can make a difference. So you can say these are our values, but if you don't back them up by showing the practices and results of those practices, you're not going to distinguish yourself in any way. Everybody is about talking about values. Very few companies are out there showing you what they do to back them up. So think about this is what we're dedicated to doing. This is how we do it. This was the result. Then you can incorporate that into your brand and your copywriting and your social media messaging. It is all there for people to engage with with you. And it will help you attract better employees, volunteers, and just people who want to work with you in general. It will help you find like-minded people, whether they're vendors or partners or employees or your ideal customer. So I hope that this was a little bit inspiring to you as you're listening to this today. I want to acknowledge all the B Corp partners that we have and call out anyone who is interested in learning more about measuring their impact, please feel free to reach out to us at Prosper for Purpose at connect at prosperforpurpose.com or go to bcorporation.net and learn more. You don't have to apply to be a B Corp. You can follow the principles. You can learn how to measure what matters for your company and decide how you want to share your values in a way that is authentic and demonstrates impact. Okay, so that is it for today's episode of the Prosper Project inspired by B Corp Month and all the businesses out there who really want to do well by doing good. I'll see you next week on the Prosper Project. At Prosper for Purpose, we have a team of strategists and storytellers who are experienced marketers, accredited PR counselors, and published writers with an average of 16 years of experience. To find out what we can do for you, email connect at prosperforpurpose.com and put free consult in the subject line. Someone from our team will respond within 24 hours.